This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I am Nate, and we are Stranger Than a podcast discussing unsolved mysteries, weird occurrences, misunderstood phenomena, and creepy happenings. As always, the Stranger Than podcast logo art is brought to you by Cthulhu Art. The link will be in the show notes. What are we talking about today, Joanna? We're talking about past life experiences today, or the phenomena of reincarnation. Yes, one and the same, really. And my voice sounds a little bit shittier than usual because I've I've got kind of a sinus thing going on too. I like forgot to mention that, like in all the fatigue and tiredness. Like I, the last two days I've woken up with like a sore throat and like starting to get the fucking phlegm shit going on. And that sucks. It does suck. It sucks because so it's changing seasons, probably. Fucking bad. I think so. You know what else is going on? What else is going on? It's about to be our fucking birthday. Oh, that's right. This episode will come out, I think, three days before our birthday. Mm-hmm. Our birthday is on March 27th. So, two days. The Tuesday after this releases. So, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Does that mean that um that we actually did our first one on a Monday? No. Was I it think it was leap a leap year last year. Was something. it leap year last year? I, I have already so. forgotten that it was a fucking leap year. Yeah. I thought I would remember that for longer. I think I noticed that Apparently was something not. else. And I was like, oh, wait, two days. Why is it two days ahead and not one? Obviously, the fact that it was a leap year last year would be like the only answer that makes sense. But yes, I, or we're in a different universe. I'm still, god damn it, I'm still like left wondering with that. Oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you something interesting that I stumbled across while watching Desperate Housewives um, for like the millionth time. Because my daughters love that show, and I love the show, and now they're old enough to love it, and we just have it kind of constantly on Hulu. Okay. So one of the main characters, her name, and I had remember seeing her name like out, like printed out somewhere, her character's name, and it kind of stuck out to me, and then I was like, oh, wait a second, wait a second, because the main character, played by Terry Hatcher, is Susan Meyer. You want to know how Susan Meyer uh, spells her last name? Probably the wrong way. M-A-Y-E-R. But then there's the artist John Mayer who spells it M-A-Y-E-R. And and pronounces it that way. Yeah. But this is like a big show and main character of a big show. And she TV's has it M-A-Y-E-R and it's Susan Meyer. Meyer, Meyer, Meyer. Pants on fire. Indeed. But we're not here to talk about that. I understand that. I know I digress, but I just wanted to share that with you. Because yeah. It was kind of a big thing. Yeah. And it just kind of was like, you know what? Sometimes the internet makes more out of things than really they can be. I don't know about that. That sounds pretty implausible. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff. Uh, wow. You know, you put in reincarnation, past life experiences. A lot of shit. A lot of shit comes up. A lot of quizzes. Oh, my God. 
Oh my god. Which so, I took literally none of. I literally took none either because it was freaking me out. It was like when we did Tulpas. Oh, right. And I, it was like late at night and I'm trying to do a little like YouTube osmosis research because, you know, the, the shit with the kid and the leg and the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, okay, I got to get some research done somehow, some way. Let me like put it in on YouTube. And then it's all these like, oh, this is how to like... Learn about your past lives. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do it. You don't want to learn about your past lives. I'm not trying to invite anything more into my life at this point. Right. Especially someone else's fucking past life that is now, that I'm, you know, am now living. That person is like in my body. But it was the same with Tulpas. It was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to learn how to create my own fucking Tulpa. No, that's not like, a good idea. That seems like playing with fire a little bit. I mean, probably I would just be... One of the types where it's like, you know, just an imaginary friend, but you never know. It could be one that like actually does shit in real life and goes out of control. Yeah, like the one on the Tumblr one, the boomer and the gwee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to risk it. Didn't want to risk it. Same with uh, past life. Didn't want to accidentally regress. I don't want to do the fucking hypnosis. Yeah, I didn't want to do the hypnotic yeah. regression shiz. It was like, no, 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 no. Just talk about it. I just want to find something that talks about it. I don't want to fucking do it myself for fuck's sake. Well, let's talk a little bit about what past lives are. It's a pretty, I mean, I mean, past yeah. lives itself, it's pretty self-explanatory. It is a little bit self-explanatory. Yeah. So it's a concept that when something dies, its soul moves onto a new body. It's an idea that's been around for almost as long as things have been around. Right. That basically, as soon as we die, we are born into another body. And then carry life. on. And carry on. And most of the time, we're kind of unaware of this previous life although that's not always the case as that's we will not talk about a little bit the later case but you know for those that actually believe that that's what that, what happens it's very normal to have lived many lives and not have any clue right yeah that's that's the that we're just like the fucking, status quo that we're just really all constantly doing this but every once in a while something leaves an impression i guess Enough to where some people actually vividly recall memories of what they think to be their past lives. Yep. Which is, you know, it's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. I couldn't watch some of the YouTube videos. Some of the YouTube videos I also skipped while doing my shitty research um, were ones where it's like kids talking about it. Mm -hmm. That's a really I was like, I can't fucking handle that. I, I can't fucking... That's just... Too much for you. Fucking, yeah, it was just too much for me. I was like, I can't fucking handle that shit right now. Like, not at all. I do have a few stories. Yes. But I, yes. it was like mostly like, no, okay, I think I need to do more like literary research than um, just, you know, watch fucking YouTube videos. <laughs> well, the idea of reincarnation, it's a pretty old one. We're not sure exactly when it originated, as in most religious beliefs. We just don't have an exact date. And it seems to be, mo- it's like more of an Eastern Yes, although it does it does uh, hit on Christianity a bit as well, which uh, and also an African voodoo. So um, between about one thousand and six hundred BCE is when this idea of reincarnation first surfaced in India. Uh, it first pops up in writings from the Upanishads, <laughs> which is the ancient Sanskrit text that lays out the ideas for Hinduism. Some of the philosophies written here are also shared with Buddhism and Jainism. Reincarnation being one what of these. Was that last one? Jainism. Jainism. <laughs> yeah, that was a new one for me too. 
Oh, is that the, like the J I A N? Yes. Yes. Giantism. Whatever. It sounds like you're saying like Giantism, and that makes me. It sounds like. Sounds like vagina. It does sound like vagina. Yeah, like it does a, a little bit. That sounds like some like super feminist belief system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're not really. I believe in in that probably not in that particular belief system. I I think that women are not able to attain liberation or nirvana only men are so because really so kind of fucking cooler huh right oh, okay. being able to stand when you pee is pretty awesome yeah well and not dribble down your leg <laughs> uh, the upanishads is the most widely known piece of vedic literature vedic is in reference to the period in which it was written the vedic period lasted from 1500 to 600 bce after this period in india the religions of jainism and buddhism <laughs> were founded Sorry, I'm going to laugh every fucking time you say that. That's fine. It's only going to be a few more times, but you, you could use a laugh. Oh, fuck Christ. Okay. Around the same time as the founding of Buddhism, Pythagoras was rolling around ancient Greece and Italy talking about the idea that the soul was immortal and would bounce from body to body as biological processes stopped. Yeah, and didn't like um, Plato and Socrates also kind of subscribe to the Yeah, they did. Lots of Lots of the ancient during... Greeks were talking about yeah. reincarnation. But they didn't call it reincarnation. They what called they it, call it metapsychosis. Oh, okay, yeah. I read that. Yes, and uh, now they believed that the soul could move into a human body or an animal body. So it's like, wow, it's like kind of like the Buddhism. I mean, you might, you could come back as a person or a cockroach. Except that in this idea, of the Greeks' idea, there wasn't really a karma. There wasn't like... You're going to be a cockroach if you're, like, bad in this lifetime. Exactly, um, exactly. Versus, like, if you're good, you get to be, like, another person. Hopefully, like, not without nothing, like, horribly shitty happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. In the 3rd century CE, a guy named Origen of Alexandria had some ideas. Origen is his name? Yeah. Were his parents fucking hippies? I don't know. If, or rather, like, I mean, hipsters. I think everyone That's was like a hippie. a hipster name. I mean, he did. He was alive before gotta, any of us were. We so that's could like hipster. start that as a fucking like trend, like big time. Just like create some fake profiles, put some fake kids out there, and be like, "Yeah, my kid's name is Origin, like Origin." Yeah, let's do it. We totally should. I bet you, you're gonna start seeing kids like named that. Like, you know, it's possible. It's quite possible. All over the place. He was an early Christian theologian, though Christianity at this time was significantly different than it is today. Oh, really? Quite a bit. It was quite, I mean, it's kind <laughs> of wacky really even shocking. now, but it was pretty wacky back then. Yeah, I'm sure. That's kind of when it was, uh, like, when was this? The third century. Oh, so yeah, it's very new. Yeah, oh yeah. It's very new and, yeah. So he wrote a shitload. Still probably, like, totally not even the way, like, Jesus was intending for it to be practiced. Maybe, Even maybe from not. The beginning. Well, it still isn't most of the time. Some people do, but. But that's a different. I, I still think there's a lot of people out there disappointing Jesus right now. We're probably disappointing their Jesus. version of Christianity. I don't think we are disappointing <laughs> Jesus, actually. I think Jesus would be like 100% cool. He would listen to our podcast. Yeah. He would totally listen to it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, okay. That's good. I like it. Uh, Origin was a prolific writer. He wrote thousands of things. His main teaching was regarding the pre-existence of souls. He believed that before God created the world, he made a shitload of incorporeal spirits. These spirits were intelligent and were wholly devoted to thinking about God and their love for him was a towering inferno. Wow. Well, towering inferno. Yeah, it's a lot of love. 
Well, the spirits got bored of only ever thinking about him, and their love started to cool a bit. <laughs> Once God created the this world... sounds like a really sad song, you know? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> this is like a country song. I've been listening to a lot of country lately. Have you? Yeah. That... So, it's all that winemaking. Surprises me. Once God created the world, the spirits hopped into corporeal bodies. The spirits that just didn't give a fuck about God anymore, and they were just done with them, became demons. Those who kind of stopped loving God, but were still kind of into him, became humans. And those who were all about God, still, they became angels. Now, there is one spirit. So what does, like, corporal mean, basically? A physical. A physical yeah, body. Yeah, a physical okay. body. I remember in that movie, like, that that guy got discorporated. His soul got discorporated. Fucking Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Gotta love the Ramones. <laughs> there was one of these spirits whose love for God did not diminish at all, so it was still a towering inferno, and this spirit eventually became Jesus. Hmm. In Buddhism, reincarnation is a very central idea. Depending on what sort of Buddhism depends on the details, but generally speaking, the belief is that there is no permanent self or soul that is bouncing around from body to new body. Everything reincarnates, and this cycle can be stopped through nirvana. I guess that means nirvana needs to be obtained during the life, because once you're dead, your sense of self is gone. You're just going back into the karmic cycle, but you're not really yourself anymore. If you anymore. haven't There's achieved nirvana, then you're just going to have another go at it. Exactly. So a common analogy I think that even Buddha used was it's as if when a candle is dying, you light another candle with it. It's not the same flame. But it's very similar. You know, they use that analogy in some, like, expectant mother books. Oh, really? About, like, when you're having your second kid, it's like, will I love it as much as I love my first kid? Because apparently that's a common fare, that you're not going to, like, love your second kid as much as, like, you love, like, your first one. Right, like, the first one was really great and the second one is just shitty. Yeah, like, the second one just turns out to be a fucking asshole. Yeah, well, yeah. no, that's the third kid, right? <laughs> It all depends. It all yeah. depends. <laughs> Sometimes it's but all the kids. They use the analogy it's like like your love is like the candle and it'll light the flame of another candle without extinguishing at all itself. Right, it just right. Burns that's, enough. That's, now you have two candles of love for that's very sweet. each of your asshole children. <laughs> yeah. That's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, most forms of Buddhism subscribe to the idea that reincarnation is immediate. So as soon as you die, your energy is released back into the life-death cycle and goes shooting into something else. The Tibetan Buddhists believe differently. The idea called bardo is of a place where the self hangs out for up to 49 days before heading back into the cycle. So you, as you, go to this sort of purgatory-like place. This gives you some time to attempt to liberate yourself from the cycle, as during this period you may gain greater insight since you're in a different plane. You're not just in, you know, this plane. But you're in like a holding plane? Sort of, yeah, for up to 49 days. I don't up know where they got the number. 49 yeah. days. That is fucking interesting. There are also gods in Bardo. 42 are good and peaceful. 58 are bad, kind of aggressive. Additionally, there are six realms where one may be reborn. Hmm. That's very complicated. Yes. I didn't really go too much deeper into it because there's a whole book called the Tibetan Book of the Dead that deals with all of this. And it's not, I didn't really Isn't have... Isn't that like 
shit with tulpas too. Well, it's Tibetan. I think there's I stuff. Mean, the, yeah, yeah. I have heard you mentioned the Tibetan Book of the Dead before. It could have been something I mentioned in the tulpas episode. I mean, it I would think make so. sense. That would make sense that it would be in there. Or this is just a bit of confabulation. Or it could be because you know the Book of the Dead. I you know. We talk about few. weird shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, when I hear the Book of the Dead, I think of the Mummy. Or how about uh, Evil Dead? Evil Dead too. Although it's been so long, I was thinking like, is there a book? It's a Necronomicon, the, the Book of the Dead. Yeah. Evil Dead. That yeah. seems like that might be familiar, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I know for sure there's a Book of the Dead in the Mummy. Yes, there is. So. Yep. Different Book of the Dead, though. This is a Tibetan one. The Mummy the one Tibetan is Egyptian. Book of the Dead. The, the Tibetan Book of the Dead seems a little bit more. I mean, it's fantastical, but I kind of like the Mummy one better. I think the one from Evil Dead is, uh, I think, Mesopotamian or some Babylonian or something. Mm-hmm. It's like those ones seem to have a little more action going on there. Yeah, not so much just like oh, like and here's some other like fucking crazy detail and fucking six goddamn chambers and fucking this many gods are good and this many gods are bad. It's like oh my god. <laughs> all right well, let's get some fucking action book of the dead that that seems to like have a heavy heavy promise of something fucking really awesome within its pages well and... yeah it depends what hmm. you i mean awesome is kind of a relative thing i guess i guess well hinduism is also into reincarnation in hinduism it is believed that the self stays and moves from a dead body to new body so the person re- is reborn over and over again, but it's not really the name the same person. They've got different personalities, just as they have a different body. Based on your karma is where you end up in the next life. This can be heaven, hell, or earth as an animal or a person. This continues until one games a moxa, which is the release from the cycle into a complete state of bliss. That sounds like a drug. It does. It kind of <laughs> is, I guess. We have your Some good sort of f- mind drug. Your mind makes crazy chemicals when you die. I guess. It's true. So, yeah. Your favorite one, Jainism. Oh my god. Is another one that has reincarnation as a central concept. To put it simply, it's almost like the individual goes to where they're most comfortable. A person who is good natured and latently does good things will continue to experience similar themes in later lives. A person who is a jackass will continue to experience jackass themes in their reincarnated forms. So, and that just continues until they just decide not to be a fucking jackass or what? Well, it doesn't seem like there's really... Is it really... like predetermined that this person is just going to be a fucking jack wang? Well, it doesn't... Because they were in the previous life or is there always the opportunity to change? Well, it doesn't really offer a quick way out because all the karma you've accrued already in your past lives, if it's all jackass karma, then... You can do better, but it's still going to be a deficit. You're going to still be in the red, and you're in you know with jackassery. So it would take a that while before like you would work fair. yourself out. I feel out. like every chance should be like new. Well, you're going to have to start over a fucking life. You should have a goddamn clean slate. Well, don't be a Jainist then. <laughs> what the fuck? A Jainist, whatever. <laughs> now you said Janus. You said Janus. It's don't, like anus with a J. All right. Don't be We were be talking about vaginas. That's very different. Don't be a ginist. All right. I'm not going to be a ginist. Thank okay. you. Basically, just for those of you who don't know, karma is a point system. You're attempting to get enough points to win. You lose points for being bad and you get them for being good. This is 
that's a pretty dumbed down explanation, but that's basically what it is. Right. And it kind of like always applies to your next life as opposed to this one. So when people sit there and say that karma is coming for like certain people, like on Facebook and stuff. I mean, it is, but I mean, not right now. Not in this lifetime. Not right now. Basically, it just sound fucking dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Sikhism was founded in the 1400s. This says that the soul moves from life to life, accumulating a karmic signature. This is what influences the rebirth, but it's only by God's grace that one can be liberated from the cycle. So that's sort of the same as the other two, but it throws God in there saying that, you know, like, he's, well, maybe if he feels like it, then he gets you out of the reincarnation cycle. Otherwise you just keep going. And if you're good, then you get to be something, probably a human. If you're bad, then you turn into like a fucking frog or something. Maybe if you're really good, you get to be an otter. I don't know. Right. African Vodun religion has an interesting idea on reincarnation. So this is the religion uh, that morphed into the voodoo religions we see in places like Haiti, Cuba, and Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Way back from our second episode. Yeah, that was episode number two. Yeah. So simply put, an ancestor may decide to park themselves in the brain of a newborn. They call this ancestor the guardian ori, and it contains all the accumulated knowledge of all of the different lifetimes it's decided to go park itself in a newborn's brain. This knowledge is available to the child who is said to display great wisdom and skill. Or maybe it's just really fucking sad because I feel like if I was a newborn and all of a sudden like some fucking asshat like invades my brain with all this wisdom and knowledge about how the world like really is because it's pretty fucking demoralizing to like grow up and be an adult and like know all this shit and how the world really is from when you're like a kid and you think like everything's fucking awesome well you're not for one so that's why they're fucking crying so hard is because they're like god fucking damn it for one this this is is not something that came about when people had it easy anyway there wasn't when when these religions were coming about and they were getting these ideas, they weren't sitting there on the internet or watching movies or anything. They were yeah, fighting for their lives. You think it was really a lot of fun being a kid and back then? Kids are kids. Humans are humans and kids are kids. And basically all kids have the capability of making shit more fun than you do as an adult when you're just fucking tired that's, and that's old true. and sick of this shit. The guardian ori is a separate thing than the spiritual ori, which is the personal soul of the person. So they're not invading. Just parking itself they're in just, someone's brain? That sounds invasive they're to me. giving their accumulated wisdom from all of their different lives to this child. To this child. Parking inside their brain and giving accumulated wisdom. That just seems kind of like, why would you do that to a kid? Because you want the kid to be a great person. But they aren't getting stuck in a cycle, it didn't seem like. It seemed like this was something they just decided to do. It's up to them if they wanted to experience another life or not. Why the fuck would you want to do that? I don't know. Would you want to like, no. knowingly have another life after this? No, but maybe so. Maybe it would be easier the second time around. Or maybe it would be horribly, horribly horrible. Maybe, but you wouldn't know until you actually did it. That's true, but I feel like I, as far as, like, random luck of the universe, I, I got a pretty good life. Well, if I you wouldn't do... gamble that I would necessarily have another one as good as this. Because a lot of the people out there in the world don't live great lives even today. Right, but if you look, if you think about when these ideas were blooming yeah, even more there wasn't so... much of a chance you were going to have a different life and so but... i can see definitely why you would want to do it back 
in the days when, especially for this, you know, particular. Yeah, but you just got finished saying how shitty life was. Why the fuck would they want to do it again? Seems because like they, would they be want really fucking tired. Because they want their fucking uh, progeny to be able to have an easier time. And so, how is it easier? How is it not easier for you to be able to be there within your ancestor or no your descendant? I always fuck up chronology within your descendant to help them along in life. Well, I can see that, I guess. Yeah. If you were given the chance, would you come back for your and help your future grandchildren? I don't know. It just depends on what else I'm fucking doing, I guess. Running around soulless, you know, discorporated and shit. I guess, yeah. I mean, what what the fuck else are you going to do? I guess I wouldn't be soulless. That would all of it that would be left. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, totally not in a, you know, not a corporal being... So I would be discorporated, running around. So I guess, like, if there was, like, not better shit to do, like, yeah. Why not help out your family? Why not help out my family? Why not nothing not better to do. Like, yeah. It's your fault they're there. I mean, well, yeah, that's basically <laughs> how my life is, like, right now, yep. like, with my kids. It's like, why not fucking help them out? They're fucking them. here. I made them. I'm kind of responsible for them. So I don't really have anything better to do. May as well just keep them alive. I mean, not so much better <laughs> that, yeah, I may as well keep them alive. We also have a Rabbi Hayam Vital who wrote down some stuff his master said into what's called the Gate of Reincarnations. This is a Kabbalah text about getting everyone in the world to believe in the same God. Okay, so Kabbalah is like the Jewish one that's like not, it's kind of like Judaism, but it's a little bit different. It, it is. It's, it's the esoteric tradition of Judaism. And it's followed by the Hasidic Jews. Okay. Well, and then also lots of movie stars, like, want to act at least like they fucking do Kabbalah. Madonna did Kabbalah. Ashton Kutcher, Kabbalah. Oh. If they're like little red strings, that means they go to, like, Kabbalah. Kabbalah was, like, a major thing for a while. Oh, I don't really pay attention it's like yoga. to Hollywood people. Yeah. Well, I do sometimes. Yes. When I have nothing better to do. Hey. When you're not helping your kids. When I'm not helping my kids. <laughs> That's right. So anyways, yeah, Kabbalah was like a big thing for a while where it was like, oh, all well, the movie stars are fucking doing it. So obviously it's super hip and cool. Well, here it's not an automatic thing, reincarnation. It's not even necessarily a reward or a punishment. Uh, the souls that do go through reincarnation are put through it enough time to fulfill the 613 mitzvot, which are the commandments in the Torah, which is basically the Hebrew Bible. Mm-hmm. These are all very basic rundowns of how reincarnation works and the religions that believe in it. Each idea is pretty complicated, and people dedicate their entire lives to understanding it. So, hey, if you got any clarifications or insights into reincarnations or any of these religions, drop us an email, strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. Wow, that was a really great plug. <laughs> hey. You know, even just saying the word reincarnation can be super complicated. Yeah, it can at times. Mm -hmm. Never mind all the fucking shit behind it. Story time. Who's got some stories about reincarnation? I have some stories. Okay. Do you well, want me to start with a story? Yeah, start, start with a story. story. Start with okay. a story. Okay. We are going to start with a fucking story. So. I'm going to start with this one because this one is really weird. So this is off of a website called Bustle, a nifty article written by uh, Lucia Peters in October 2017. 
And this is the story of the Pollock twins. On May 5th, 1957, Joanna and Jacqueline Pollock, aged 11 and 6, killed in a car crash in Northumberland. So they lived in the UK. Yeah. And they had been on the way to church with a friend. Everyone in the car killed instantly. The parents, obviously, named John and Florence Pollock, they were totally devastated. And the, the dad was constantly praying that his daughters would come back to him. So Florence became pregnant in 1958. And the doctors didn't think that she was having twins. But nevertheless, on October 4th, 1958, she gave birth to identical twin girls. Now, Florence and John named them Jillian and Jennifer. Jillian with a G and Jennifer with a J. And as soon as they were born, they noticed some strange similarities between Jennifer and Jacqueline. Jacqueline had a scar on her forehead and Jennifer had a mark there. And then Jacqueline had a birthmark on her leg and so did Jennifer. Jillian, the twin of Jennifer, didn't have any of these marks. But I mean, that's not wholly unusual, even though they're identical twins. You still get physical marks. And oh, yeah. Stuff that are going to Usually you're not born with those physical marks. I well, don't birthmarks, think. I think, specifically that you're kind of born with. Like, I well, think I know, it's like but... A, it's... Identical twins can have um, different birthmarks. Oh. Yeah. I'll be damned. My daughter's half almost identical... Aren't twins, but they have identical birthmarks almost on the back of their necks. Wow, crazy. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, that's super weird. Mm-hmm. Kids are weird. Yeah, yeah, they are. DNA is weird. DNA is one crazy motherfucker. <laughs> so, anyways, the the Pollock family moved from where they had been living in Hexham to a place called Whitley Bay. And they did this when the twins were just a few months old. So they were just babies still. And when they were four years old, they returned back to the hometown of Hexham. And... I guess the girls were just like eerily familiar with like how the whole town, like it, it was like they remembered it, even though they hadn't lived there since they were babies. They w- And they wouldn't have any memory of it. They seemed to remember a lot about the town, even saying that they played at the playground of a specific school that they, of course, had never attended. And the school the older sisters had gone to. They recognized and correctly named toys that had been Joanna and Jacqueline's. This is like the the part that's really weird. They always became super afraid when cars were approaching them. Like if they're out on the street and a car started to come down the road, they would freak out because they had fears that car a car would crash into them. It was investigated and thought that it was like a a strong case for reincarnation. But as soon as the twins turned five, the memories of their past life vanished. You know, that's a pretty common thing. I mean, there's a lot of stories about mm-hmm. children having this information that there's no way they could have. Right. Things that occurred way before they were born and even way before they were conceived. And how could you really hoax that? I mean, well, especially because oftentimes it happens as soon as the child is able to talk. They like hit two or whatever and they're like, oh, yeah, fucking this and that. And... I think you can do a lot with, like, the power of suggestion with a kid and just straight up, you know, I mean, see how many kid performers are out there and child actors? I mean, you believe the shit out of those little children in the sitcom that they're really the character they're playing, but they're not. Yeah, I guess that's true. Kids are very good at manipulating people just like It seems like some of the information 
How would they Although know? some of it is just really creepy. Like there's like there's definitely ones where I'm like, wow, like that's fucking weird. Could you sit there and like teach a baby math? <laughs> and then when it's able to talk, it could answer the equations that you give it. Okay, well, uh, look I mean, at I have Mozart, no idea. Okay, maybe it's because he had past life experiences. But maybe yeah. He basically before he could even like write all shit down, he was like doing like whole fucking symphonies. And, right, right, yeah, and. Yeah. You know, he wrote it out, and his dad, who was, like, a musician, couldn't even figure it out. It was too complicated, and then he tries to show him, but his, like, hands are too little to, like, do it on the piano because he's still yeah, so fucking you've got small because he's, like, like, four fucking years old, super, and he's like, yeah. oh, here's my fucking minuetto I just fucking wrote. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people are just fucking, like, crazy genius smart, and yeah. who knows if that's been something that's been passed on to them or not. I mean, I'm not completely ruling that out. Yeah, totally. Well, there was this doctor named Ian Stevenson. Yes, Ian Stevenson yeah. investigated these twins. Did he really? Yeah. Yes. He investigated over 3,000. Did he? Yep. Okay, yeah, I've seen his name on a few of these stories. Oh, yeah, he didn't use hypnosis. He recorded all of the children's memories, and then he went and researched and identified and found the dead person these kids were claiming to be. Right, and then some of them were actually ruled out, too. So oh, yeah. I, yeah. I basically collected the ones where, you know, either just couldn't prove it one way or another or that was verifiable information. And some of them even found birthmarks, tattoos, and scars that the children remembered. So he's mm. able to like corroborate some, which is crazy. Now this guy is a medical doctor. He was the head of the Department of Psychiatry and then the director of the Division of Personal Studies at University of Virginia. I have a story of a child who was a Louisiana boy. Do you have a story of a child? Yes, it was a Louisiana boy named James Lenninger. He was two and a half years old when he started telling his parents stories of these vivid dreams and clear memories of being a Lieutenant James McCready Huston. Lieutenant Huston was a World War II fighter pilot who was killed in Iwo Jima well before the boy's parents had ever even had sex. The kid knew a shitload about aviation, a subject that a boy his age has no business knowing, and a subject that is parents were also ignorant of right i read about this kid didn't he like wasn't able to like identify the crash site and everything and like the fucking airplane and just crazy shit like that well yeah he said he had lots of dreams about it and they were nightmares really Mm -hmm. and they were typically of him being shot down by a plane with a red sun on the side of it which would be Mm -hmm. a japanese plane one time his mother on a shopping trip pointed at a model airplane in a shop window it was like hey look little boy it's a fucking there's a there's a bomb on the bottom of it and her son said, that's not a bomb, that's a drop tank, whatever the shit a drop tank is. She didn't know what it was. Hell, I don't know what it is. I bet you my little brothers would have known. Oh, likely. <laughs> now, the first time he had ever eaten meatloaf, he ate it and said, man, I haven't had this since I was on the Natoma, which was a World War II escort carrier. One of those big ass fucking ships out in the sea that the planes took off of or something um i'm not sure exactly what an escort carrier is that I, sounds it's like what a it type is. of aircraft carrier i'm not 100 percent. so it's like a big ship but it is a big ass boat yeah together. james's father decided to do some research on all this shit his son was spewing he did find out that there was indeed a natoma escort carrier and on this was a man named lieutenant huston and he was indeed shot down in iwo jima they found lieutenant's sister and she was is still alive huston or houston H-U-S-T-O-N. Huston, Houston, I don't know. 
Meyer, Mayer. Whatever, yeah. Potato, potato. You got it. His sister's name is was Anne Barron, and she was tracked down and she agreed to a meeting. So she talked to, to James, and he had completely convinced her that he was her brother reincarnated. That's going to be a weird phone call to get. Oh, seriously. Like, I think my two-year-old is like, has like the spirit of your dead brother within him. And then for you to meet him and be like, oh, yeah, totally. For you to even like meet him, I mean, shit. I wouldn't I, meet anybody who did that these days. Well, that's I mean, like, these days, it, too. Well, that's true. Like, these days are different than those days. That was right around uh, 98. 98? No, no. It was like 2000. Dude, that's way in, like, these days. It was 18 Even, years ago. Things God, were a okay, lot safer I don't back like then. to think that way, number one. Number two, like, I don't know. It seems like only if it was, like, in the 60s or 50s or something that that would be, like, okay. I wouldn't do that. Somebody called up and said that shit. I'd be like, fucking later. Never call me again, fucking psycho. Well, it was a good thing they didn't call you. Yeah. Uh, James's parents ended up taking him, him to a reunion of the surviving veterans that served on the Natoma. And James re- recognized one of his old war buddies. Just like, damn, all these people Dude, look old. Dude, nobody would even recognize. Okay, this is the part that I just don't get is because, okay, that we're in like 2000 time. Do you know how fucking old World War II veterans are? It was 2004. Yeah, old as fuck. Old as fuck. I wouldn't be able to recognize my own fucking best friends when they're that fucking old if I hadn't seen them since they were, like, young. If you, yeah, but if you went to a reunion every, you know, every few years, every year or whatever, then you would see them aging. But he didn't go to a reunion every year. The kid didn't. Yeah. But I don't know. The kid's supposed to be the person. Oh, right. I I understand what you're saying. He was shot down in World War II, so he's been dead Yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Maybe you would. Maybe, maybe he has a keen eye. I mean, we haven't lived that long yet, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm I don't not know. looking. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but not. Not that much. <laughs> I want to be fucking. I'm excited about being lazier, but I just don't like the thing that things that gravity does to your fucking body. It's yeah, just, well. it's cruel. I don't want to just start sagging everywhere. It's gross. I don't know what to tell you. Oh. Maybe uh, stand on your hands more. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. I don't I don't know if that's going to work either. And people that pay like thousands of dollars can't keep it, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars can't keep it from fucking happening to them, then Well, then maybe don't I'm fucking worry about sucks. it cuz it's natural. Well, There's also that route. I get that, but just because something is natural doesn't mean it's like fucking like great and that I want to experience it. Then I'm like looking forward to it happening to my body. You have to blame your parents for that one. Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, look at like birth. Like that's natural. But every fucking time I'm like, God damn it. What is it going to end like this? Like why? It's fine up until this, this kid point. to be out of me, does it have to come like plowing through my vagina? Like, that why wasn't... does it always have to end this way? Like that sucks. Why is this the process? I guess that's why you stopped at three. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, wait, I I forgot this comes out of me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, and then this comes out too, and, you know, it's just super fucking gross. Yeah. Do you have more stories about children? Mm Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us another story about a child? Well, can you not say it in that way? It just sounds fucking creepy. It's not. (laughs) I understand you're not trying to say it in a creepy way, but... Tell us another story about a child. And it's like, okay, I've got some fucking children's stories. Let me yeah, good. Read it. <laughs> I am going to read it, okay? I'm going to read it, and you're going to fucking like it. All right, so 
Dr. Eli Lash. Dr. Lash? Dr. Lash. L-A-S-C-H. Sounds like a fucking superhero. Dr. Lash? Dr. Lash, I'm thinking more like an S&M thing. They're not mutually exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Not totally. Like, where's somewhere where you're all fucking tied up and it's like, oh, great. And here comes Dr. Lash. Like, this well, is fucking good. Well, if you're tied up, you're like, oh, great. Here comes Dr. Lash. Maybe, depending hopefully. on the circumstances. Hopefully. You know, I mean, hopefully you're a consenting adult and you got your fucking safe word agreed on and everything. But <laughs> whatevs. Okay. Dr. Eli Lash was best known for his medical work in Gaza. And this case involves a three-year-old boy who lived near the border of Syria and Israel. So probably had a totally, like, happy life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say what year this is. And I know it says the, the late Dr. Eli Lash. This article is comes from uh, the Epic Times. Well, Epic with a E-P-O-C-H. Oh. Epic. E-P-O-C-H, like Epoch? Yes, but I think it's still pronounced Epic. Maybe. Yeah. That's what I think. Okay. So it's got to so, be some... If it's Israel, anyways, then it's somewhere between World War II and now. Right. So And this doctor is, is dead. dead. So probably so, the latter half of the 20th yeah, century. Yeah, it's, it's more recent than not. But Yes. All right. Moving along. This three-year-old boy said he remembered being killed with an axe in his previous life. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, that's some fucked up shit for a three-year-old to be carrying around. Yeah. Although I would not, um, someone growing up like in the border of Syria and Israel, like even at three, you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> probably. They've probably seen more Probably worse than, than that. <laughs> like, oh, thank God it was only an axe. I know. Like maybe it was quick, a nice quick axe death. Ugh. So, yeah, he said he remembered being killed with an axe in his previous life. He showed the village elders where his body was buried, where the murder weapon was buried, and he identified his killer, too. Interesting. Mm-hmm. According to this article, a body with a head wound was actually found in the spot that he indicated. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So it's not like he was just pointing the ground and saying, like, oh, this is where I died, and this is where they bury the axe. And this is the motherfucker who put that axe in me and killed me in the first place. No, like, there was an actual body in the place that he had indicated with a fucking head wound. And they found the axe. And they found the axe, and the killer admitted to what he had done. Holy shit. Yeah. I'll Pretty be goddamned. That's crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Now, there is another one where a boy remembers life as a monk in Sri Lanka. Ah. how the header goes on that one. And I am really going to fuck this up, but it's Numinda Bandera Ratnayake of Tundanaya, Sri Lanka. Sounds good to me. Any Sri Lankans out there, if uh, we... Sorry about that. I'm a fucking asshole. He began to talk about his previous life as a monk when he was about three years old. He insisted on following the ritual behaviors and restrictions of monks. Oh my God. (laughs) I can just fucking imagine like this kid's parents. Like Like, even in Sri Lanka, it's like, and they're just like, oh my God, this fucking kid. Because he's like, you know, like, no, 
I need to fucking fast now. Right. Do my fucking chanting. It's like, dude, you're fucking three years old. There is no fasting. And you can tell, like, I can almost see his mom going to his dad. Like, it's just a phase. Like, it's just a fucking phase. Just ignore it, and he'll stop doing it. (laughs) Goddamn kids. Fucking kids. You know, yeah. Humans are humans, and kids are kids. Anyways, this kid took it pretty far, though, if he was, you know, just going through a fucking monk phase. But <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> he said he was a senior monk at the Ascaria Temple and that he had a pain in his chest when he died. He said he owned a red car. That's kind of weird. Like, I thought they weren't supposed to fucking own things. Well, maybe within reason. I mean, yeah. they got to get around. That's true. He spoke fondly of an elephant and he said he had a radio. Uh, again, with the fucking luxuries. I thought you were. You he know. was the head monk. <laughs> He got three things. The elephant, a car, and a radio. And a radio. There was a monk from this particular temple uh, named Manhanayaka Gunipana. Sorry about that. <laughs> Who actually fit the boy's description. Um, there were a few little discrepancies, according to this article. Uh, he owned a gramophone instead of a radio. Okay. So... But the boy may not have known what a gramophone was. Yeah, I mean. So I mean, I would look at a gramophone reasonable. and think like that was probably a radio. Like, yeah, that that doesn't seem it, something that plays music. Yeah. It's close. Mm-hmm. That was like the only detail that they said was maybe not so accurate. Oh right, so t- like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So there there was that, but um, and then this story, particular story, was studied by. I've seen him in a few of these, Dr. Ellender Haraldsson, who is a professor at the University of Iceland in Reykjavik. And he is the one that investigated this? Yes, he is the one who investigated it. There's also the story of little Luke. Notice a lot of these are boys. Luke was two years old when he started talking to his parents about a past life in which he had black hair and was a woman named Pam. Oh, man. <laughs> Little Luke lived in Cincinnati, Ohio with his parents. I'm sure Luke's conversations were, Luke's parents were having the same conversation as the kid before. Like, it's just a phase. Like, I'm sure <laughs> right. the dash is, like, freaking out. Like, our son is going around thinking that he's a girl named Pam. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not fucking cool. And the wife's just like, it's a phase. Just ignore it. so pam apparently died in a fire in chicago and died because she was trying to escape the fire and she jumped out the window of a building oh god that would fucking suck yes like you've got two choices burn to death or probably fall to death but there's a chance you're gonna live it's a shitty fucking choice it is a shitty fucking choice i would still probably choose to jump Oh man, me too. Burning to death is just no, like no. Not, does not sound good. That is it sounds just like the ridiculously worst. painful. Yeah, yeah. I would totally jump. Yeah, at least it would. If be I quick. knew it was like you know inevitable, like I'm gonna fucking. This is what's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm gonna burn to death, or maybe survive, or maybe survive, or at the very least, I it's gonna be quicker. Than yes, burning to death significantly quicker, and you at least get some fresh air on the way down. Right. A little fan action going on there. Yeah. Wooden resistance. So it turns out an African-American woman named Pamela Robinson died at a fire in the Paxton Hotel in Chicago in 1993. I'll be damned. Yeah, she had jumped out a window while the building burned. Fuck. 
Uh, Luke's parents apparently asked him what the color of his skin was when he was Pam. And Luke is Caucasian. And he replied without hesitation that he was black. Yeah. And his mother printed out several photographs, apparently, of African-American women, including one of Robinson. Luke pointed to the pointed to the one of Robinson and said, that's Pam. He didn't say that's me. He said that's Pam. He said that's Pam. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's like what would make more sense in that context if you said that's me or that's Pam. Well, the reason I asked is because I've got one about a boy named Sam mm-hmm. who like his dad was cleaning up or whatever and uh, busted out an old photo album for younger listeners. Photo albums are these pictures they are still pictures in a book. That right. Taken. Like we used to take them with camera that had film in them. Yeah, it's and crazy. And then you had to go and get the film developed. It was a real pain in the ass, really. It was a really pain in the ass. And like when I was, you know, like in my early 20s, I got some fucking judgment from the people that like developed <laughs> yeah. film. Like, hey. It was much harder for people to get dick pics out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You could go through a whole courtship with a guy and never see his penis. Mm-hmm. Never get any like nudies from your fucking lady friend. Yeah. Nope. Imagine that. Nope. Imagine that world. That that that's a world where Polaroids were your friend. <laughs> there you go. When you needed to do such things. Well, at and any in rate, case, well, ex- you may as well explain what a Polaroid is. Okay. Point. Well, it's uh, it's a camera. It's instant but it, it, film, it's kind instant of instant processing yeah. film that you just do yourself. Like it's really expensive, and you, I mean, it would be like twenty bucks for like ten pictures. It's like having a photo printer. Right, except the camera. I mean, it, go, it loads directly in the camera. The image is taken. It spits out a little image. You shake it? Yeah. They like have that like little song? Mid, like, they're kind of back in, actually. I believe that. Yeah, the little Instax ones. And you can get you can get different um, film, Polaroid film, with like different filters already built into the Polaroid Oh, that's film. crazy. Yeah. Uh, you can still get disposable cameras, too. Yeah. So Polaroids actually existed way back in the day. Too, they're not just a, like a today thing. That's like, oh look, it develops instantly. That's and is really expensive, and that's cute. And they're I like know. vinyl records. They've come back around. Mm-hmm. They totally do. And that was basically the only way you could get away with taking like nudies and stuff was to use a Polaroid without camera. being judged, without being judged, or possibly not even like like, hey, we're not allowed to like process new pictures or here. you know that's getting policy here at Walgreens or is getting the guy fucking... behind the counter to make doubles and just you know keeping right. a few. Although, fucking the internet is no better, really. Internet's significantly worse. Right, and you can be hacked into at any time. I mean, look at what happened to, like, what's-her-name from The Hunger Games. I don't... Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I I didn't didn't know. Yeah, you can Google shit and, like, see so many fucking, like, naked pictures of her because they fucking hacked her cloud and put it out on the internet. And that just wasn't fucking nice. I mean, they're probably just a send to her boyfriend. Right. Maybe she shouldn't save him on the fucking cloud. Right? Although, I mean, I have some stuff saved, but I try not... I don't do like full nudes you're also not a celebrity and so yeah no no one one really fucking cares about hacking into my shit but they could yeah oh i'm sure they could but remember kids don't save your nudes on the cloud yeah do not save your nudes on the cloud well this boy was looking through the photo album and he saw a car a picture of a car and said that's my car it was a picture of his grandfather's first car his pride and joy Mm -hmm. didn't say what kind of car it's probably a convertible it's probably so Sam's mother pointed to this picture with a bunch of kids kind of around the same age as Sam in there, maybe a little bit older. And there was his grandfather was in the picture. And she said, which one's your grandfather? And Sam pointed to the grandfather and said, there I am. And her mother said, no, 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 that's your grandfather. And Sam, Sam said, nope, nope, that's me. 
And his mother pressed him for some more memories, and one of which was saying that his sister had been turned into a fish by bad men. Sam's great aunt had indeed been murdered and thrown into a lake. Now, his parents had never spoken about that to this small child, wow. but he had known that. Turn into a fish. More like turn into fish food, sweetheart. Okay. You know, just sleeping with the fishes. Sleeping with the fishes. And there's also one. This is an old one. This one's going back to 1824. A nine-year-old Japanese boy told his sister that he believed that in a past life, he had been a different boy who had died of smallpox in 1810 in a different village. The boy, Katsugoro, remembered very specific details and events of his past life. He recalled when he died, and he remembered his burial. He also remembered the period of time spent after dying, but before being reborn. His memories were all able to be corroborated, with the exception of the time spent between lives. Hmm. So that's sort of uh, a bit of the um, Tibetan belief. Yeah. I have a case, and this is another one of Dr. Stevenson's cases. Okay. This is a boy named Semhi Tutesmus. He was born in a village of Sarkonic, Turkey, in Turkey. As soon as he could talk, he said his name was Salim Fesli. The boy's mother had a dream while she was pregnant in which a man appeared who identified himself as Salim Fesli. And when the guy told her his name, he also had a bloody face. It turns out a man by that name had died in a field in the neighboring village back in 1958. He had been shot in the face oh, yeah. and in the right ear. Semi was born with a deformed right ear. Oh, crazy. When he was four years old, this kid walked to the guy's old home and talked to his wife, his widow. And he tells her, I am Salim. You are my wife, Katibe. Some little boy that she's right. never seen before in her entire right. fucking life. Some little four-year-old kid comes up and he's like, hey, I'm Salim. Sup, girl. <laughs> Sup. He remembered intimate details of their life together Wowza. and the names of his children. <laughs> shit that he had no business knowing. Right? There's no way that kid would have just been able to know that shit. Right. And he walked there by himself? Yeah, he just walked up there because, I mean, I guess it was in a neighboring village, so I don't know how far apart the villages are out yeah. there in Turkey, but... Neither do I. Yeah, or why your kid's like, well, I guess it's Turkey, just out walking... By yourself. And it was also a long time ago, so it was probably significantly safer than Mm, anything is these days. And probably significantly smaller, too. Like, one village to the next. Not a big thing. The four-year-old could do it. He remembered all these details of their life together and even the names of his children. And he also identified the man who shot him. Do they bust that motherfucker, too? I think they already busted him. Oh, okay. I think it was, like, a known thing. Yeah, okay, that's good. But he was all like, yeah, and this is the fucking fuckwad that shot me that's pretty fucking weird it certainly is did you read one about a scottish boy no it was a boy named cameron he learned to talk right around the age of two he would just go on and on and on about this island of barra off the west coast of scotland he'd just talk all about it talk about this black and white dog that was there that he loved and how he would sit there on the beach and watch the airplanes land that his house there had three bathrooms. Now, this island was 200 miles away from where he lived. About an hour flight, or, you know, if you went on a boat, it was significantly longer. Mm-hmm. 
not easy for a two-year-old to sneak onto a boat and take a trip to an island 200 miles away to figure this shit out. Right. He also starts talking about his family, his other family. He's got brothers and sisters and parents, and he starts just... Well, maybe this is like Coraline, and it's like, you know, he's just going through a vent in his bedroom. Possibly. And they all have, like, button eyes. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, he's actually Scotland over there, like that island or whatever. Possibly. Uh, he Now he gets very distraught. He's crying and lamenting. I wish that I could tell my mother I was okay. He's drawing these pictures of a really long white house on a beach. He also is talking about how his father was got hit and killed by a car because he didn't look before crossing the street. And he remembered his father's name, Shane Robinson. A local film company hears all of this shit, and so they fund a trip for the family to go to this island. Mm-hmm. The boy is just fucking stoked he's going to go to the island. He's elated shouting out that he's going home and yippee Kaye and all that shit. I'm going home! I'm going home! Although I'm sure he didn't say yippee Kaye because I don't think that's something that Scottish people say. Probably not. That's something that Bruce Willis says before he's about to, like, fuck someone up. Yeah. yippee Kaye, motherfucker. That's right. Yep. When the family arrives on the island, they have some problems, but they do finally end up finding this house. The long white house. Now, what's fucking stupid, so it said... This whole thing about how they went to the wrong part of the island, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Well, they called a hotel and they asked, is there a house on the beach that this family owned? But they asked if it was on, like, the east side of the island or whatever. How big is and this the fucking ho- island? And the hotel was like, no, no, there's no one there. They find out from what the boy says. They're like, oh, maybe it was on the west side. So they call back and they're like, oh, well, what about on the west side? Oh, oh, yeah, there is a family on the west side. It's like... You wouldn't just assume, like, no, not on the east side, but yes, on the west side there was. Right, like, that wouldn't just occur to you to, like, no. share that information. No, like, you just... know, no, there's nothing on the east side, but, you know, there is one on the west side. Right. Is that the one maybe you're thinking of? But no, none of that. But they no, had to be none of that. specifically just like, asked. Oh, the east side? Nope, nothing there. Fucking, <laughs> I read that, like, I'd be really, like, you dude, guys? like, thanks a lot, like, son of a bitch. dickheads. Oh, my God. And I'm not sure how big the island is. I'm sure it's not huge. It seems like it wouldn't be that big, like, at all. It's probably not huge. Like, Britain itself is a fucking island. Yes, and it's not And it's huge. not very fucking big. No. So it seems like an island off of that island is going to be pretty fucking small. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I'm right there with you. I'm sure it's not huge. It's not huge, and they, like, regardless of the size, they fucking knew. They had that information, and they were just fucking assholes about it. Yeah, seriously. Well, they did find the house. And there was a different family living there. It had the three bathrooms. They did also find a living Robertson. She didn't know anything of a man named Shane, but she did have a photograph of the dog that Cameron remembered. So they actually ended up going and visiting this lady. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we think our son has memories of like a life that he had with someone who's dead now. Yeah. Or maybe he's just or, going through a phase. Yep. Uh, now, as he grew older, of course, <laughs> as as what happens often is that the memories started disappearing. What happened to the film and everything? Did they film it? No, I didn't say anything about it. didn't say anything about whether it got filmed or not. It says a film company funded their trip to go there, but it didn't say anything else they didn't, about like, that. Document the fucking journey, like not Jesus that I could Christ. find. Maybe they did, and it just didn't was stupid. So they're like, "Fuck it." Right uh, now, now he, the real quick, I should add that that one about the. The lady who jumped out of the burning hotel. Oh, yeah. That actually did go on an episode of Ghosts Inside My Child, which apparently is a show that Annie 
does. Oh, I did not know about that show. I did not know about that either. Like, maybe it's a special? Because I'm like, seriously, does this happen enough that, like, Annie has, like, committed a whole fucking show to it? Well, that one doctor had 3,000 documented cases. This is true. And, I mean, there's TLC. I didn't know I was pregnant. That happens enough fucking times, apparently, that they make a whole fucking show. And you think you would fucking know these things. But, yeah. So, anyway. Annie, ghost inside my child. Tune in. (laughs) Uh, or don't. I don't know. We're not sponsored by any, so That's it doesn't matter. Totally 100% true. Yeah. We are not. Cameron did say a couple notable things of, well, note before his memories <laughs> disappeared. Some notable things of note? Yes. Uh, I one love of the notable things, things of note. One of the things he said was, don't worry about dying. You just come back again. Oh, great. Thanks for that. And when asked by his mother how he came to be with her, he said, I fell through and went into your tummy. So that's kind of weird shit. Yeah, I'm giving a very, like, weird look right now. Like, the what the fucking fuck look? I fell through and just came into your tummy. To be fair, she gives me that look a lot. Yes, that's true. That is true. Do you have any other ones about children, or do you want to move on to Adults. People? Yeah, people. <laughs> do you want to move Adults. on to actual people? Yeah, because children aren't people. They're not people general. until they're at least 15. <laughs> Well, you know, they have, a, we, we've discussed this actually at length, I think, of like when children actually become people because it's been kind of a, a fluid thing. It's true. Yeah, because infanticide and yep. all that shit. Yeah, that's true. So, according to Nate, children aren't people until they're fucking 15. That gives you a right around. time to fucking... Right around. Murder them, I guess, and not no. I think it was actually what was it, like three it? or like a week or something, wasn't it? Or yeah, was that for like Sparta or something? Oh uh, no, it was it was we were talking about the witches. Oh yeah, or wasn't right. it? Which I don't even remember. Maybe Sparta was just where they like discarded you. Oh no, it was the freak show episode. That's what it was. We were talking about. Okay, well then that, that we were that talking was, about Sparta yeah, in Freak Show. Yep, there was some Sparta, but it was also uh, later on in mm-hmm. in other cultures they did the same thing. Like like yeah, because it was later like on in time, all yeah, fucked up, and then it's like, well, we have this long to like actually just kind of quietly get rid of it and not be held accountable. Right, right. Something, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. I do have another one. This is another Doctor Stevenson case. This is a girl named Shanti. I don't know if it's Devi or Devi, but she was born in 1926 in Delhi, India. And when she was four years old, she began telling her parents that her home wasn't in Delhi. It was actually 90 miles away in Mathura. And she said that's where her husband lived. Oh. Yes. And she recounted memories of having been married and then later dying from complications from childbirth. She described that her husband was light-skinned with a ward on his cheek and had glasses and said stuff like where his shop that he ran was located. At some point, she said that his name was Pandit Kadarnath Chobe. It turns out that this guy actually did exist. He had lost his wife. His wife's name was uh, Lugdi Bai. She had died from complications uh, from the cesarean section she had undergone while giving birth to their son. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was pretty uh, dangerous back then. Fuck, yeah. 1926. And that was when, when she was born. So and the that's death when occurred. that shit yeah. was born. So, we, you know, Depending she was if- only four. So, I mean, it could have been really recent. Right. Because it seems like it, 
I mean, the guy's still alive and everything like late, that. So obviously, yeah, late like like early nineteen twenties, maybe the mm-hmm. late nineteen teens. Yeah, still probably not overly comfortable either. Not you know, like mm. you're not getting any sort of uh, pain medication. Not. Maybe some morphine. Yeah, knock you out. Cold. Something. Give you some fucking ether to hub. <laughs> yeah, which is great like for that. the child too. Oh yeah, especially when they're already like in distress enough to where yeah. you're gonna do this procedure that probably kills more people than it saves at this point. Oh yeah, probably. So yeah, there's that. Their son's name was Navneet Lal. Shanti apparently recognized both Pandit, which was the husband, and Navneet, which was the son, on site. Oh damn. Yeah. So they found the guy, brought her to him, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's my husband. Oh, yeah, there's my son. The last story that I have, and again, sorry, I've been kind of switching. These are all basically between the two articles, the Bustle article and yeah. the Epic Times article. This last one, oh, I love the picture on here because it's a picture of the um, of Petra in Jordan. Oh, yeah. Oh man, I would love. I don't really ever want to go in that area. That whole area is not like some place where I'm like, yeah, I totally want to travel there. But I fucking would love to see that. I would love to go there if it was safe to do so because of just mm-hmm. the history there. Because that's the cradle yes. of fucking civilization. It would yes. be amazing to see some of the It'd things be there. So fucking cool. And then the chance of just randomly stumbling across something in the desert is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a huge chance, but there's actually a chance of it. You could right. find there's that particular needle in that particular stack of needles. Everywhere yeah. beneath your feet is crazy just, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would love, I would love to go and see that shit. I'd love that that city, like going right into the mountain. Oh the yeah, base of it. I love Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade because that's where they. I mean, it's not Petra. I don't know if it's actual. They're pretending to be at the same place that they're actually at. Right, but nevertheless. But nevertheless, it's it's there. They filmed it there. It's, it's fucking, so fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah, and it's I, totally every awesome. Every time I see that shot of it, I'm just like, oh, man, I wish I could fucking go there Yeah, so it would bad. be great. It would be great. This kid, Arthur Flowerdew, that's his last name. Arthur Flowerdew. Flowerdew. Huh. Yep. All right, then. A little bit. It's kind of whimsical. It is. Yeah. I'm Arthur Flowerdew. That's just how is I imagine British? him speaking. I think he is British. Okay. When he was a kid, he was bo- he was born in 1906, and he would dream of a large city surrounded by the desert, and there there was a temple and canyon streets. He had very very vivid images of this in his head, and it used to just be in his dreams. But then he would also have memories of it when he was awake as well. And when he went to the seashore, because, you know, it's like a British thing you do, like on holiday. I think that's a thing that anyone does if they live anywhere near. I know, but they don't call it the seashore. Oh, okay. Yeah. We go to the fucking beach out here. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see what you're yeah. saying. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. He went to the seashore, and he would p- play with, like, the pink and orange rocks. So I guess he was, like, into, like, desert colors. Yeah. He grew up. He got old, as we do. Yep. And he was watching a documentary on BBC about ancient Jordanian city of Petra, and he felt like he recognized the place as this is this is it, this is the place I have been. Started making it out of mashed yeah. potatoes and shit. Right. This is the place I've been dreaming of ever since I was a child. So he talked to the BBC. He reached out to them, and they were intrigued by his story, and they shot another documentary about what he believed was a past life he had lived in Petra. So... 
he called him and was like, mm-hmm. I remember that shit. And then they shot a documentary about him and his I guess possible that's, past life. That's what I'm that's what I'm taking from the article is that okay. they talked to him about it and then because then the Jordanian government saw the documentary that the BBC had made about him. Yeah. And said, Oh, that's weird. How would you like to actually come to Petra and see it in person? Which is also kind of a weird thing, but that's also cool. kind of a weird thing. I mean like how easy do you think it is to get to Petra? I have no idea. Like, I don't know what travel is involved there and where you got to fly to. And can you even fly in that area right now or not? Well, I don't, well when, when did this happen? I don't know when this happened. Yeah. I'm just assuming probably not overly recently. Well, the BBC. It's on the British Broadcasting yeah, this Channel. They're been around shooting forever. documentaries. It's just been around forever, though. It has been around forever, but still, I feel like it's more... Oh, wait, no, it's not recent because, as I said earlier... He was born in 1906. So. Oh, yeah. There. That tells you something right there. That does. But it he was, was old, though. Totally. So. so it could have been in the 80s, 70s mm-hmm. or 80s. 70s or 80s. So relatively, in the grand scheme of things, recent. Yeah. Probably still conflicty as fuck. Regardless, he does fly to Petra. And accompanying him on his trip is an archaeologist who, uh, you know, was like an expert on Petra's history and he totally gave Arthur Flower to like a test about the city. Like he described the major landmarks and identified them on site when they arrived to that particular spot <laughs> and revealed information about just was revealing information that seemed like he would not have been able to know otherwise without actually having been there in person. Yeah, yeah. Not something that you would just learn from reading the encyclopedia. I mean, right. this is a time before the internet, so exactly. it's not like you could just so it's do not even easy like you do research. Some last minute, fucking half-assed. He's not on his research. phone in the back seat, just like, uh huh, right. like, yeah, okay. totally, yeah, uh huh, oh yeah, yeah. This Googling building over that here shit. that's totally called the Temple of whatever. So yeah, it seemed pretty plausible. This is one story where people like, I guess. I guess this is like kind of a favorite for those that believe in, in reincarnation. Oh yeah. One of those stories that one of those ones that's like, okay, but remember Arthur Honeydew. Oh not Honeydew. Remember Arthur Flowerdew. That's Bunsen Honeydew. <laughs> <laughs> From the Muppets. Ah, Bunsen Honeydew. Yeah. I was thinking, um remember God, that guy, you know, Memento. I remember John G. No, John G was the guy he was looking for, but the, the 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 name of the patient, the insurance guy. Yeah, I can't remember what his name Fuck. is. I just recently watched that movie too. It's such a good movie. It is a great movie. It is a really really great yeah. movie. But like Lenny or something. No, Lenny is him. Leonard. That's oh, the Leonard. Main character. That's right. Okay. Every time. Damn uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> We're just fucking this up. That's okay. Well, besides just the spontaneous recollection of past lives, which is kind of what we've been talking about here, there's other ways to recall them. Past life regression is done by hypnosis. The person is put under hypnosis, and then they're asked a bunch of questions designed to reveal a past life in a way that can be corroborated with historical events. They're looking for things like names, events, places. Now, these questions are suggestive questions, so they kind of imply a correct answer. When under hypnosis, these can stick with the person creating a false memory. Or a confabulation. Or cryptomnesia. 
Yes, I also read about Kryptonese. Yep. So maybe the person like was aware of the historical event and just had forgotten about it or whatever. And so when they're relating the story, mm-hmm. the seemingly completely true story, verifying a past life, it's not it's really actually just, the case. Yeah, they're drawing from ex- bits of experiences that your brain already has and then it... That they just don't remember. You just don't right. remember it. You right. can't remember everything. Mm-mm. Or no, you remember everything, you can't recall everything. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes a really good therapist to uh, bring those memories Draw that back. shit out. <laughs> or to make it so that it's completely not what happened. Well, there was a big name in past life regression therapy. Dr. Brian Weiss graduated from Yale in 1970, the School of Medicine. He got into past life regression when one of his patients started talking about past lives in a hypnosis session. She just started kind of talking about past lives when she was under hypnosis and he was didn't believe it he thought it was totally bullshit it's like i went to fucking yale all right exactly i don't fucking believe that shit at all well it was also it was in you know the 70s or 80s and he just graduated he was a fucking doctor of course he's gonna be skeptical about it and thinks that he knows all the fucking answers yes well the patient starts channeling these messages from what she calls the space between lives that reveals shit that she could not have known about Weiss's family. Remember, pre-internet, you couldn't just Google someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also, she revealed some information about his dead son, which he had never talked about. No, I mean, unless she was perusing newspapers, maybe if that was something that was reported, she could have found out about it. It could be, you know, people have their ways pre-internet. I mean, I know it's an easy go-to now, obviously, yeah, because yeah. we have it, but there's lots of ways. I mean, people would go so far they like look through people's garbage that's true yeah that's like a huge thing to like learn about somebody is to like look through their trash yeah yeah we just don't have to fucking do that these days because now there's fucking like google and because your trash is online yeah all your yeah because <laughs> you leave it all over the place online and that's the easiest way to do it you don't have to go out and actually dump someone's fucking actual garbage out and sift through it to try and learn something about them well what she said was enough for him and he kind of came around he claims to have regressed over 4,000 patients since 1980. According to him, hypnotic regression can cure ailments and phobias by confronting their cause, which may lie in a past life experience. This guy's been on tons of shows, uh, including Oprah and 2020. He was also on Coast to Coast AM and another one I can't remember. Along the lines of the hypnosis thing. So there's this police captain, retired, named Robert Snow. He worked for the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, where in addition to being a captain there, he had also been in charge of homicide and robbery and organized crime. One night he's at a party, and there's this other cop who is also a regression therapist. And they're just describing how they do past life regression. So Snow kind of starts shitting all over all, all over this idea, just kind of being a dick. Right. And just... this pisses her off. So she dares him to regress himself. Of course. Oh man. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll totally do it." Well, but- yeah, you don't turn on, you don't turn down a dare like a fucking regressive hypnosis fucking especially if a woman dares you. Battle of the fucking hypnoses or whatever. Yeah. But he lagged on it. You know, he didn't go right out and find a therapist. So this other cop, she gave him a bunch of fucking shit until she finally accused him of being scared. 
Uh-oh. Well, that did it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he found a past life regression therapist by the name of Dr. Griffith. Now, Snow didn't believe this shit at all. He says he felt like a fool when the doctor started leading him in the therapy. You know, like, close your eyes or whatever. You know, imagine you're in a... Whatever, you know, all that shit. And he... You hear a babbling brook and just try and close your eyes and relax. Yeah, he couldn't take it. He couldn't blah, blah, blah. He couldn't take it seriously. Right, uh, so he's like sitting there like... <laughs> You know, like snickering and shit. Yep, and just yep. like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. Exactly. Yeah. And so after. That's probably what I would be doing, actually, if somebody was trying to do that shit on me. Oh, Other yeah. than the fact that I'm like, God, fucking damn it. This better not implant any fucking like weird shit in my head. <laughs> no shit. Like, I already have like enough. Total recall up... shit. Yeah, seriously. I already have enough fucked up things going through my fucking mind. I don't need any more. Yeah. Well, it took some time, but much to his disbelief he experienced very clear memories of several past lives there is one specific memory that really stuck out to him it was of him painting a portrait of a hunchbacked woman he could remember not only painting the portrait but also details of his life he was called jack he used a cane and his wife and him were unable to have children they were poor and he painted portraits to make money even though he hated it he also remembers that they had spent time in France. He hated fucking painting portraits. Yeah, but it was the only way he could, you know, make ends meet. God, I fucking hate my job. I hate fucking... Well, yeah, I mean, if you had to sit there and... I mean, obviously wasn't, like, doing nudes or whatever. No, probably not. Just fucking hunchbacks. <laughs> he also remembers that he died in a large city with tall buildings in autumn of 1917. So he really wanted to see if this was a real memory or if it was just bullshit. So he scoured art books, he talked to art dealers, he visited museums, looking for this portrait, could not find it. The memory was so vivid, he remembered what it felt like doing the brush strokes on the fucking painting. Hmm. He's unable to find even one clue about this portrait. And this is a guy that had written six books about police management and other law enforcement topics, had earned straight A's in college, and earned a full scholarship for a doctorate program in psychology. So this motherfucker knew how to do research, mm-hmm. and he couldn't find shit about it. After a year of searching, didn't find anything, didn't think he ever would. Well, his wife plans a trip for New Orleans for their anniversary, and on their last day in the French Quarter, Robert decides to check out an art gallery. Walks into this gallery and feels compelled to go to this particular part of it. Sure as shit, he finds the fucking portrait. It was done by an artist who was called J. Carol Beckwith. First name, Jack. No, is this the portrait of the hunchback? Yeah, this is the hunchback woman. Okay. He still doesn't believe this shit, so he's thinking this must be a case of cryptomnesia. I've seen this before and I've forgotten. And that stupid therapist just put it in my fucking brain again. Right, their, brought it back out or whatever. Yeah, with their fucking suggestive bullshit. Well, the artist hadn't had an exhibition since 1911. Oh, wow. Which was well before Snow was born. So it's just chilling in a museum somewhere, unseen by the public eye basically basically yeah yeah now beckwith the artist had kept tons of diaries and he had even written an autobiography it hadn't been published but he had like just a bunch of like fucking him like oh i fucking hate being an artist and or whatever stupid and i hate my fucking life this guy sounds like a fucking whiner but everything that was in these writings I would hate corroborated to be like, yeah, my past life, I was a fucking whiner that paid in hunchbacks. Everything he read corroborated everything he saw in his past life regression. There was a picture of Snow and Beckworth side by side. And I thought they looked very similar. But 
my artist friend Anna looked at them and she thought they didn't look similar at all, except that they were both humans. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I mean, she's got a better eye for this than I did, but it, to me, they looked like they were pretty similar looking. Right. Although, I mean, so many of these have been stories where like looks really don't matter, I feel like, with the reincarnation thing. Right. But when they put these pictures side by side, they were mm-hmm. touting how much these two looked alike. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I feel like that's like a whole other thing. And that just has to do with like DNA, mostly. It's probably just kind of a weird coincidence. I have one more story here. This is a pretty well-known case of reincarnation, uh, at least in America. It's Virginia Ty. Virginia recalled a past life as an Irish woman called Bridie Murphy. Mm-hmm. She did six sessions with a therapist in 1952. Under hypnosis, the therapist, named Bernstein, had conversations with this Irish lady who spoke with an accent and said how she lived in Cork, revealed all kinds of shit that happened around the area in the first half of the 17th century, gave her a birthday, a death day, her husband's name, and all kind of information about her childhood. This was a pretty big story. Journalists couldn't find a lick of information about a woman that had this birthday and name and all that kind of stuff. Right. It was revealed that Virginia had grown up near and been friends with an Irish lady named Bridal Corkle. And they're pretty sure that's where she got the inspiration and probably where she learned to speak with an Irish accent. They did find she had some... When she was speaking in an accent, it wasn't perfect. So it was basically, like, just It's fairly believed that it's a fake. Yeah. Yeah. But the rest of them, maybe people think they're fakes, but there's no real reason to think it. It's not like they're gaining anything by any of this. That's true. Yeah, I don't I don't discount some of the ones that I've heard. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, some of them are pretty hard to discount. Yeah, and but I mean others though, it's just like a little research and yeah, they 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 find out that they knew someone with the same name or a lot of times it's like kind of follows themes of books and movies and stuff yeah, that yeah. they have like read and watched and it's like oh wait this sound this person that you're describing that you that was alive in like the 1700s sounds a lot like the character out of this book actually right yeah yeah kind of thing so so all in all what do you think about reincarnation do you think it's a thing or do you think it's all bullshit Oh, you know, far be it for me to say that it doesn't happen because really, what do any of us know? Fucking nothing. We're not an expert in anything. (laughs) We're not an expert on anything and we're definitely not an expert on what the fuck happens to you after you fucking die. But what do you think? But what do I think? According to the research and everything that was done, do you you believe that it's possible that people have past lives? Yeah, I think it is possible that people have past lives. I, I'm i still a little bit of the subscriber of once you're dead, you're dead. What do you remember before you were born? Nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what's going to fucking happen after you die. Quite because possibly. obviously reincarnation gives credence to something happens to you. Something happens to your soul after you die. That there right. is some sort of an afterlife, even if it's only... 49 days. Yeah, right. Even if it's only like 49 days before But that's only one on. kind. I mean, there's there's right. some that it's immediate. And then exactly. there's some where your soul doesn't do anything but disperse. Mm-hmm. Like in Buddhism, it just disperses and everything goes back into the karmic whatever the fuck. And then 
the karmic whatever the fuck is what goes back into these new people. I don't fully understand it, but... Well, yeah, I don't think, you know, any of us can fully understand any of it because nobody really knows. Some of these kids think they know because they think they know who they were in a previous life. But other than that, none of us really knows what happens after we die. That's that's true. Or at least no one knows and can prove it. Right. Lots of people claim to know. Though, like, you know, when we were talking about the Mandela effect, when I was talking about, like, people with depression and loss, and maybe it's because something's been, lives, take- yeah. Yeah, something's been taken from them, and they just don't have a memory of it, but they just feel that loss and that void. I think the same could be said for past life experiences. I mean, some of these religions believe that, you know, like if you're a Jack Wang, you're going to continue to be a Jack Wang. I mean, maybe right. if you're like kind of a miserable, tormented person who's experienced a lot of loss or whatever, that's going to carry over and you're just going to be like, you're basically having a bunch of baggage from your previous life that you can't remember because you're not you can't really remember, the same person, but, but it's still subconsciously it's still or unconsciously there. there and it's still fucking hurting you in ways that you just don't understand and don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. That could well be the case as well. Or maybe, yeah, like you have to just keep living this life until you get it right and you die and you're happy. and Or you don't die. And then and you, you don't have to like go through it again anymore. But until then, the cycle is just going to repeat itself. So there's like this really beautiful, beautiful quote from Robert Browning. They do do it in X-Files, actually. And it sounds way better coming from Fox Mulder than it does from (laughs) Joanna, who's getting sick with shit. But it basically comes from Robert Browning's... It's a very long... It's like a play called Paracelsus, which is actually about the journey of the actual guy who was Paracelsus. He was like a medieval alchemist and doctor, and he dabbled in the occult. He kind of traveled the world like... Fucking the dude from Kung Fu. Yeah. Yeah. Kane. Kane. Traveled the world like Kane. He was kind of a radical guy and like a lot of people like didn't like him because he challenged the authority and the knowledge of the big, like the the Pe- guys. People in charge. The big people in charge. Yeah. He was born in uh, Switzerland, I believe, and then he died somewhere in, in Germany. He was actually known as, like, the father of toxicology because he's the one who actually kind of dabbled in using poisons to treat people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, up until then, it was pretty much like, here, take this remedy or don't eat this poison because you'll fucking die. He was the one who's like, well, maybe poison in very small amounts can actually be beneficial and that... He used that information. Uh, he did, like, people had syphilis because, you know, fucking syphilis. Everyone had syphilis. Everyone had fucking syphilis. Damn near, anyway. Yeah, I mean, medieval syphilis, it wasn't fucking pretty. So he. No actually... syphilis is really pretty. <laughs> but I imagine, like, syphilis that just rages on without Un-fucking any kind checked, of yeah. unchecked, yeah. Unchecked syphilis going on there. Yeah, I imagine that's especially gruesome. Yeah. But he actually used mercury. To alleviate the symptoms of it, which is 
you know, total fucking poison. Yeah, oh yeah. But he used it in small amounts and actually got some pretty good results treating syphilis in people. So, you know, hey, there's that. He was kind of a fucking hippie, too. Like, a couple of quotes just directly from him is, The art of healing comes from nature, not from the physician. Therefore, the physician must start from nature with an open mind. Now you see why fucking people did not like him back in like the 1500s. Right, because you're talking about nature and that's not God. That's and not fuck God in an open mind. Yeah, no, 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 no. We'll have none of we that. We can't have that going on. He also said dreams must be heeded and accepted for a great many of them come true. And that the interpretation of dreams is a great art. Directly against a passage in the Bible. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. This is why a lot of people wanted to fucking burn him as a heretic. Yeah, but no fortunately, shit. he seemed to escape that his entire life. One last quote from him is, A man who is angry is not only angry in his head or in his fist, but all over. All the organs of the body and the body itself are only four manifestations of previously and universally existing mental states. So, yeah, he was really into nature. He had the concept that... um. Your health was psychosomatic. Right. And that stress was bad for you and that you needed to get to this higher level of happiness in order to have a healthy body. You needed to have a healthy mind. Right. So anyways, he was a pretty cool guy at the time. So this guy, Robert Browning, he writes this whole kind of, it's it's a little bit almost like a Shakespearean type play. Yeah. Except about this, this guy, Paracelsus. And here is the quote, which I feel like really just beautifully puts the idea of reincarnation just in this way that's just like, you know, I love the written language. I'm a fucking nerd for it. <laughs> so here it goes. At times I almost dream that I too have spent a life the sage's way and tread once more familiar paths. Perchance I perished in an arrogant self-reliance an age ago, and in that act a prayer for one more chance went up so earnest, so instinct with better light let in by death, that life was blotted out. Not so completely, but scattered wrecks enough of it remain, dim memories as now, when seems once more the goal in sight again." pretty fucking awesome yeah that's lovely isn't it though yeah yeah it's sad but really beautiful and we will leave you with that so thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you next time take care now do you enjoy the stranger than podcast please let us know rate and comment on itunes check out and like our facebook page Facebook.com slash Stranger Than Podcast, our Twitter at underscore Stranger Than, or drop us an email, Stranger Than Podcast at gmail.com. That's Stranger Than Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Also, feel free to email us any strange, mysterious, or misunderstood stories or topic suggestions that you'd like to share or hear about.